that scene was flat until she picked up that stick. And there was just a sentence or two that got inserted into it. And all of a sudden, the entire thing came to life because you could feel her frustration and her anger. This is Taylor Stevens, the New York Times bestselling and award-winning author of the kick-ass Vanessa Michael Monroe thrillers, and this is The Taylor Stevens Show with Steve Campbell, where we are kicking writing in the butt one word at a time. Taylor, you now have a Facebook group that I learned about a few weeks ago with a lot of other people through the newsy newsletter that you sent out, and I, of course, jumped right on it and signed <laughs> up for your Facebook group. Um, why did you decide to do that? Well, I'm really bad at social media <laughs> and I, I just, I keep forgetting to show up and I have a Facebook page, which is basically pages on Facebook are like for businesses to promote themselves or whatever, but it's not very intimate, uh, in the sense that it doesn't, it's more just like me shouting at the world. And, uh, um, I recently discovered groups. They're a great way to like you know, there's garage sale groups and fan groups, and there's just, they're, they're community oriented. And I wanted a place where other, all fans who wanted to interact with each other could interact, and it wouldn't be entirely relying on me putting input into it. Like, it's more of a little, it's a group, it's a little closed group. And it just seemed like a, a fun way for, for people who ha- share the same interests to interact in that way. And that interest in this case would be you? Um, I guess, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, they, we, a lot of my readers are, I'm a, the people in the group, they're all readers or they have, you know, everybody loves cats or dogs or, you know, we, it's, it's interesting to find out who the others are because my fan base is so diverse. It, it's not like I can say, oh, my readers are mostly, you know, middle-aged women in upper income levels. You know how marketers are always trying to break things down into demographics. I'm just all the way across the spectrum, men, women, young, old, you know, teenagers, octogenarians. And it's, it's just a fun way to learn who these other people are and what their experiences are. And for example, a couple of weeks ago, we had Akon here in Dallas, which is sort of an anime convention. And one of my friends slash fans who lives in Oklahoma was coming down for a different convention. But because we were both in town, downtown at the same time, we learned about it through that group, interacting on that group. We were able to connect and she was able to come. Her and one of her besties was able to come hang out with me at the hotel, just sit in the, the bar and just hang out for an hour or so, which never would have happened otherwise. So it's just that type of stuff. And then later she posted pictures of it. And it's just it's just fun, you know. And I, I will say as as a recent convert to Facebook groups, I love groups. I, I love the closed nature of these groups where everything that you say doesn't go out in your newsfeed. It just stays in the enclosure of the group. So it's just people with shared interest talking about those interests, which is yeah, fun. Or, or about talking about other things or things that relate to. And I would love if there'd be more people posting. I think people are a little nervous, like they don't want to step on my toes or something and they want me to be the ones to do it. But it's really a place for 
everybody to just throw whatever they want on that wall and just have a good time. And I would, what I would love as someone who has absolutely nothing to do with this group other than being a member, I love to read books of the type that you write. So there's this group of people that all like to read your books. I would like to know what other books they like to read. I was actually actually thinking of putting something up there, but maybe you should do it instead because then it doesn't have to be me, um, of saying, you know, what is one book that you wish other people, the other members of this group knew about and would read that, you know, obviously we all still have sort of similar tastes in books here. What's one book that you just wish the group would would know about? And put that up there and let's see what kind of suggestions come out from it. All right. I will do that. I will Yay. take that on as a task. Wonderful. Thank you. And that'll be fun. I'm, I'm really curious to see what we come up with because there's, there's, there are a lot of ways that we can get book recommendations, but the best way is, is from people that like the same kind of books. So I'm, I'm really right, anxious yeah. to see what we get out of that. Absolutely. Yeah, I can't wait to. All right. Today's topic is you said something in last week's show almost as a as, as a throwaway line. The idea that that sometimes when you wrote the first draft, you were just getting the story down and that you added richness and nuance to the story in second and third drafts. So essentially, the topic for today's show is going beyond the first draft and what you do to go from that first draft that's kind of raw and kind of just story-based to flesh it out, to really tell a richly nuanced story. Okay. So tell us, what do you do? (laughs) If only it was that easy. Um, Okay, so the first thing I guess I have to clarify is that for some people, a first draft might be that they've told the entire, they've got from the beginning all the way to the end, and then they go back and start over again. Whereas I don't always do that. I tend to, when I start my stories, spend a lot more time going way beyond the first draft. And then once I've sort of got a feel for where things were going and got the, the, the sense of everything, then I'll start just blowing through it and just throwing vom- word vomit onto the page and just getting that story down. Um, so I've never actually written a book where it's just pure word vomit for the first draft and then I come back. So it's kind of like a, a two steps forward, one step back thing for me. And then the further and further and further along I get into the story, the fewer steps backwards I'm taking is I'm just rushing toward that finish line. So when I'm talking about that first draft, I don't necessarily always mean a completed first draft. It's first draft of whatever segment I'm working on at that time. Okay, so let's let's just hypothetically say that you're working on the first 20% of the book. Uh, is that something that on each day you go back and maybe revise a little bit what you've already written, or are you doing it in bigger chunks? Is it, I'm, I'm just curious, before you get to the, and I'm going to use your term her, here, the uh, word vomit stage, uh, are, are you polishing things as you go, or is, is it, I, I'm just, how do you do it? Yeah, it's uh, the the first quarter of the book is the hardest p- part of the book for me to write, the most time consuming to write because I'm just kind of figuring it out. Like it's not so much of storytelling is you have to see it in your head to be able to put it on the page. And sometimes you're writing, you're not really seeing it in full because there's so many unknowns. Because as like for me, 
the, all the character development and the the personalities and the 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 small little conflicts between people that all comes out through the writing process. So as those first, the first 30 pages are going to be the worst where I, I, it takes me so long because of the, and, and the first paragraphs are the worst. I could spend <laughs> weeks just trying to get those first paragraphs, right? And then I'll go on and I'll keep going and I'll go back to the beginning. I'm like, this just sucks. It's crap. And I got to scrap it and start all over and I'll work it all over again. So it's like one step forward, five steps back, one step forward, four steps back. Um, and I'm just refining it and refining it and refining it until I actually I can read those first pages without feeling constant twitchy of this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. Um, and then once I've got the start of the story okay, then I start to ease up a little bit. So those first, you know, 10,000 words can take me two or three months sometimes to get them right to where I feel like I'm actually in the story and I start picking up the pace. That's interesting. And uh, I, I know that you do a lot of pre-writing prep and, and you've talked before about all the thought that goes into the story and the antagonists and the protagonists and, and the way everything evolves together. Uh, but even with all of that, once you start writing, it, it can still take that long just to get the first 10% of the book done. Yeah, because those are all the, the pre-planning stuff is all big picture stuff. And you can say in your notes, you know, he goes to XYZ place and finds this thing, whatever it is. But when you're actually writing the story, you have to get him to XYZ place. You have to know what XYZ place looks like and how it feels and how it smells. You have to understand any emotional connection he has to XYZ place and why. And if you haven't really fully developed that character yet, it's going to feel really flat. Like, you know, you don't have those pieces of the puzzle together yet. So you do the best you can in that particular version or that draft or pass through or whatever you want to call it. And, you know, you write a little bit more and then you go back and you're like, okay, well now I can fill in this part and I can add a little bit more richness and texture here. And it takes a, a while before you start to really get for me, I, I don't know that it's like this for everybody before you start to get that solid feel of what it is you're working with. And then it gets easier and easier to fill in those gaps. And for you, is it is it like a magical ten percent point where things start to get easier? Um, if there is a magical ten percent point, it's where in my head I feel there's enough material that an editor could look at it and go, "Yeah, I think I like where this is going." So it has to be those first, you know, thirty pages or four chapters or whatever it is their criteria is. Once I feel like I have enough material that I could show to an editor and that material is polished well enough, then I kind of could take a deep breath. Go, mm -hmm. <laughs> okay, well I've got something here. I've got the start of something. Okay. Well then how much of your writing process, this thing that you've developed over time, is because of Getting, getting things ready to send to your agent or uh, the editor at, at, at the publishing house. How much I mean, of it is just based on that necessity? I think some of it possibly because there's this sense that you're going to be judged and you want what you're being judged on to be the best that you can do. But the other part of it is self-judgment because when you have this 100,000 
you're running a hundred thousand word dash basically. And so when you're just stuck in the thick of that, it just feels like you're slogging through mud. Uh, it, it, there's, it's the muddle where just everything sucks. It's horrible. How am I ever going to pull this together? And there's all of this self-doubt and you're not sure if you can make it work. And, you know, this is going to be people who've been reading my stuff are going to read this and laugh and go, this is nowhere near what she's capable of doing. And so for my own sense of sanity, <laughs> self-worth, I don't know, I've got to make at least some of it good enough that I can read it and go, okay, that doesn't suck too bad. So it's, it's more than just one issue at play on that. Well, uh, th- let me ask specifically then about the, we've mentioned the quote unquote YA novel on the show uh, a few times, and that was something that you wrote totally on spec. So uh, I'm, I'm assuming that that was a different thing, where there was no requirement to send the first 10,000 words to anyone. Did, did you still go through the same process? Um, it was a little easier for me to just get the story down, but I also was doing that while I was, like, I did it in my free moments here and there. So it wasn't like a consistent day after day of this sucks, this sucks, this sucks, this sucks. It was more like write what I can while I can and then read the whole thing and go, oh, my God, this sucks. (laughs) So let's go back and fix it. So uh, it was a little bit different of a process, but also a little bit different of a situation. Okay, so when... When you get through these first 10,000 words or whatever, whatever portion of the story it is, and you feel like you've got, you've got things rolling, you understand how things work, the settings are set in your mind, all this stuff is, is in place, and you start writing faster, what changes then? What, what changes that allows you to write faster? Well, then I start to realize or I start to feel that, okay, well, I've got the beginning of this framework, but I have no guarantee that the story actually is going to work all the way through to the end. Like all the, like I have, I have an outline or sort of a plot based thing, but there's still so much that needs to get filled in. And so how do all these moving pieces actually work together, especially when you're working with multiple characters, multiple points of view, multiple motivations. It's like, how do all of these work together? And until I know that I can make it all work, then there's just this sort of panic. So once I've moved from the phase of, oh, yeah, I've got stuff that actually doesn't suck so bad, it's like, okay, but I don't actually have a story. So now the panic sets in. It's like, okay, I need to prove that I can actually make this story work by fitting this real crappy sketched out chapters together and and just filling in the blanks real quick till I have a story that works. And I'll probably reach that stage maybe at the halfway mark. So I'll have a quarter of the book that's pretty polished and actually decent. And then another quarter that is rough, but is working. And then the last half is just a race to the finish line to, to, and it gets crappier and crappier as it goes, because I've got to prove that I have all these pieces in place. And then I can go, okay, now let's go back to the beginning and start over again. All right. Now, in your case, uh, where a typical published book is around 100,000 words, uh, how many words are, is the first draft? Maybe 60 or 70,000. Okay. okay. All right. So then what do you do to go beyond that first draft? What's, what is your process 
than to begin to expand the story. And it's we're, I, I guess it, the, we're story editing here. We're, we're self-editing the story. So what do you do uh, to go through that process? Well, um, it's... I, I don't know that it's going to be the same every single time. It's not like I have this checklist that I go through. But what I'm doing is I'm giving these roughly written scenes structure and life, um, breathing life into the characters. Um, and so much of it is, um, I, I think one of the ways I've, I've described it to people in the past is it's like you're painting in layers. So... The first time you're, I'm going to go through it, and I'm really working on making sure that I've got the story. And by story, I mean movement. He goes there. He does this. He says this. He's trying to get whatever. And the next let pass that I go through, I'm going to be giving it texture. He's not just putting his hand on the table. He's putting his hand on, you know, richly rich grain wood that has a weight and a feel to it. He's not just breathing air. He's breathing cold. All those textural details are going to be filled in. And at the same time, I'm also fine-tuning dialogue, fine-tuning motivation. Um, and that, mo that fine-tuning and motivation is done through inner thought and inner dialogue. Um, sometimes it's through recollecting the past. So sometimes little snippets of somebody's past or things that have happened before will show up on the page that weren't actually part of the original plot line because I'm giving the character uh, another layer. I've taken him from just sketch work to maybe like 2D. And then after I've got that, I, it's a pretty solid story, but it's going to feel a little flat. And so the next pass through, and I don't mean like, my what, five steps forward, one step back. This is after I've got the full story. Before you get to that, let me go back and ask a question that I should have asked earlier. When you're done with the first 60,000-word draft, do you read it all from beginning to end? Sometimes. Not and all sometimes the time. And sometimes not. Not all the time. Because I will have a good sense of that, of, of the story, enough to know where the biggest holes are. And so I'm going to focus on the problem areas first because I know that once I go back to the beginning, it's going to be another two weeks or more before I'm at the 60,000-word mark again because I'm going to start tweaking and uh, meddling and, and fixing. And when, when I'm at that stage, I'm basically line editing myself. Like, make that's when the – that's for me, that's the fun part is when the actual – I guess you could say my voice really comes through and the in the way the sentences are structured and what words are used and in which order and which order on the page the paragraphs show up and stuff. But um on that third layer that we were talking about before, mm -hmm. it's um it's much finer and I began to think about it in these terms when I started getting emails from aspiring authors saying, you know, I compare what you've done against what I'm doing. And when I read your work, the characters are so alive and they feel like real people. And when I read my work, they feel very wooden and um, perfunctory. And I don't understand the difference between one and like, how, how are you doing this? And so it, it came like, as I was trying to explain it, I realized that the difference that they're describing is what is sort of my third go-through 
uh, my third pass, my third layer. It's not necessarily always a third one, but we're talking first, first it's going to be plot and action and movement. Then it comes the rich texture. And then the third one is the emotion. And it's very, very subtle. And the way that my aha moment was when I was writing The Informationist, and in there there's a scene where Monroe has, you know, been shot and she's dumped into the ocean and she's swam herself to shore and she's just trekked a mile or two inland and she's sitting at this on this road where traffic almost never comes and she's just waiting for a car. And that is the action. That's the plot. And the texture is that we can smell the stink and feel the bugs and we're there, but there's not any emotion until she picks up a stick and starts digging it into the ground and angry jabs with every single thought as she's trying to put the pieces of this puzzle together of who had done this to her. And that emotion, that scene was flat until she picked up that stick. And there was just a sentence or two that got inserted into it. And all of a sudden, the entire thing came to life because you could feel her frustration and her anger. That third layer is like the finest brushstrokes on a painting that are, are giving it that depth of light. And it's one of those things that is very difficult to teach of do this and do that because it's, it's a gut feeling. It's a reaction. But that is what will take an otherwise two-dimensional story and give it that third dimension of depth. And it's very light-handed. You, if you're heavy-handed with it, it's just going to come across and it's just going to be garish. How do you recognize the need for that when you see it? I guess the easiest way is if you feel like it falls flat or you don't really understand. It's, it's, there's no... There's no motivation for why the character is doing what they're doing. And those motivations are little, little things, little memories, little flashbacks to other pieces of the story. It's, it's uh, shown through, those, through grabbing the stick and, you know, gouging it into the earth. Those little tiny things, if, if there's nothing there that makes you feel the character's pain, then it's missing. But being able to recognize it is that's that's the craft that's that's where it comes that that's the time and practice and spotting it in other people's work and seeing that it's missing in your own but at least now you know what it needs is that it needs those little snippets of emotion and and you're guiding the character it's like a a a worm through a hole and you're you're digging that hole for the worm to follow um the the reading worm inside the reader's brain that shows this movie and and brings it to life but that's it's the practice it's it's the day in and day out being at it and and getting your hands dirty in it that gives you that sense of when it's missing and and how to fix it all right, Taylor, we are out of time today, but I have a, a, a number of additional questions that I've written down that I want to ask about this. So I think we're just going to carry this over, this topic over into the next episode, if that's okay with you. Yay, a two-part series. I love them. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What is our, you know, we should have a really clever call to action that ties in with our intro this week. What do you think? Oh, yes. I like it. And Maybe. I'll do it because it's easy, and oh. then I can cheat and say I did it, and next time it has to be your turn. <laughs> <laughs> Go. Okay, this week's call to action. If you're on Facebook, if you like groups, if you've never tried groups, if you'd like to try a group, 
why don't you come check out the group? You have to request to join it because it's closed. You can see the other members that are in it, but you can't see what's being posted. If you don't like it, just get yourself out. Um, you can find it. Um, it depends if you're using a uh, desktop version or um, the mobile on a mobile device, but you search for groups and you can search for Taylor Stevens author and in parentheses it'll say the author, not the web star. That, that's how you'll know you found us. Um, and just click join and probably me, I'll probably be the first one to see it and uh, we'll get you in there and um, come check us out and leave a note, get other people involved, um, get people talking, make fun of me, I don't care. And um, just put your book recommendations down there because by the time you get in there, hopefully uh, my question will be in there so you can, you can be among the first to respond to it. Yeah, that would be awesome. All right, so that is it. We will continue this subject next week. Yay. See you guys next week.